This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal preview series where we look ahead to the next Arsenal fixture with the help of some of our members from the Discord server. I'm very happy to be joined by three fantastic guests as always. First of all, it's Chris. How are you doing, Chris? You good? You well? Very well, thank you. Um, new season, happy, back watching football, back in the stadium, <laughs> new, new graphics. What can I say? What's not to like? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Love a little shout for the graphics. And uh, yeah, we've got some more info about uh, some giveaways uh, regarding our, our graphics very soon. I'm looking forward to spreading more info about that very soon. Intriguing indeed. We're also joined by Sasha. How are you doing, Sasha, mate? You good? You well? Hello. Yes, I'm doing well. It's good to be back and talk about Arsenal, my favourite thing to do. Uh, shout out to Bradley in the chat who's watching from his office at work. Good to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, yes. Bradley, one of our other members, of course, uh, in the chat box as well. Uh, Let's bring in our final guest and making his debut on the show uh, after a long time on the Discord server, finally taking the big step onto the brand new big stage. It's Sartvik. How are you doing, Sartvik? You good? You well? Yep, I'm good. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's hope the debut can be as glorious as um, Jesus, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Where are you joining us from, out of interest? Uh, I'm are you joining, joining us from? from Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay in the uh, connection. That's why you're going to hear a little bit of a delay. So go on. Say us again. Um, joining from that's in uh, central India. Lovely stuff. Brilliant stuff. Indeed. I love seeing how far widespread TGT can be. And uh, yeah, all the way from the UK to South Africa, all the way through to India today. So fantastic stuff. Chris, we'll start with you, mate. Talk to me about how you're feeling ahead of the game against Bournemouth. Um, I think, look, unlike last year where, you know, we had a rough start, we've got a really good start here. We've got time to, to get to learn to play with each other. So I think I'm positive I think the rubber hits the road for me when we hit October. But at the moment, I think it's a case of, you know, we've got, we've got our signings in early. They all seem to be playing really well together. 
Um, so, yeah, you can't be anything except um, positive about it. And I looked at what Bournemouth were up to for the last couple of games and, you know, it's like, yeah, OK, well, this is a good test for us to see how much guile we've learnt and how and how we can how we can unpick difficult teams that are, that are going to sit back. So, yeah, really, really happy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think this season has started brilliantly. Not only that, but we've been able to enjoy some of the misfortunes of our rivals as well, which is always very enjoyable indeed. Uh, speaking about enjoying misfortunes of rivals, sitting with the Ferrari cap on, uh, Sasha, tell me how you're feeling ahead of these games, mate. <laughs> uh, I have to say I'm feeling much better about the Arsenal game than I feel about Ferrari's races, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> how good how good is it to be an Arsenal fan right now? I mean, like, last year this time, it was the worst, and now it's just mm. the best, to be honest. So I'm quite buzzing for the game. Like, literally every time a game's finished, I'm like, why isn't it the next game yet? <laughs> so, yeah. Indeed, yeah. I, say, I think I said it on this morning's show about how you know, you get into a situation where you get to Monday and you're like five days to the game and you're just, you know, twiddling your thumbs and scratching your head, waiting for this game to come around. It happens, you win the game and then you've got another week to wait until Arsenal play again. Hopefully the Europa League and the Cup games get underway relatively quickly and we can start talking about two games in one week. We do have a Premier League fixture soon against Aston Villa where we play that in midweek as well. So they are going to start coming thick and fast and when it gets around to the World Cup, we get into that painful six-week gap again without Arsenal playing. I suppose we do have the the World Cup to tie us over as we didn't have in the summer, but uh, it is going to be a frustrating winter period without the usual massive amount of games, which is only going to convolute the fixtures a little bit later on in the season, of course. Sartvik, give us your thoughts now you're feeling ahead of this opening, I say opening fixture, third fixture in the season. Um, yeah, I'm feeling really good. I mean, we've had a solid uh, first couple of games and uh, it's Bournemouth up next and after that we've got Fulham and Villa. So, mm. looking pretty strong. Um, we're quite high up in the table quite early in the season, which as Sasha mentioned, doesn't happen that often. So, um, I think capitalizing on that and building up a good start is uh, definitely going to be the key moving forward. It absolutely is. Momentum is the big, big question. Um, however, Chris, Bournemouth is a place where we don't particularly have the best record. We've gone there and dropped points in the past. I know it's very different back then. I remember the Olivier Giroud celebration at 3-3 when Alexis Sanchez could have ripped his head off for not jumping back to the halfway line to try and get a fourth in that game. I remember also we were quite well beaten, I think, one time when we went to the Vitality Stadium in one time too. So, We've not got the best record there. Do you think there's potential for this to be a little bit of a banana skin of a fixture? I think you. I don't think you're comparing apples with apples. Um, under Eddie Howe, I think Bournemouth were hard to beat. I think they played proper football. Um, now some of my bias is going to come out. Under um, uh, what's his name? Oh, Scott God. Parker. Scotty Parker. Oh, Charlton and Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, like, great. come on, guys. Right. Scotty Parker played football in a particular way, and his teams play the same football. Highly competitive, not really very, not really um, creative. And if you, I, I, I looked at what they've done, done in their first two games back in the Premier League, and they've had 30-odd percent possession. So, you know, they're going to stick five at the back, and they're going to, you know, and we're going to have to sit there and break them down. Now, I think that's, that's good for us. I think that's good experience. And I think unpicking these these teams is good. I think it's a good time to play them because I don't think they know what the hell they're doing yet. They haven't got their foot in the... They, they haven't understood the Premier League yet. Um, and they've got a manager who's, who's you know, 
probably destined to become um, one of those English managers that would, you know, that flatters to deceive. Mm. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think your comparison's fair. I think uh, under this team with what they've done with the guys they've brought in and their structure and their process and what they've done and what they, how they think they're going to keep themselves in the league. They don't expect any points this week. Mm. And what's interesting, no, I think that's fair. Um, I think what's interesting actually about playing Bournemouth is that Sasha, Mikel Arteta's first game in charge of Arsenal was against Bournemouth. Um, and that was way back in, in 2019 on the 26th of uh, December on Boxing Day. Of course, he was in the stands for the game against Everton, but he first took charge of that game against Bournemouth. The starting lineup that day was Burnt Leno, Socrates, David Luiz. Uh, we've got annoyingly not in order uh, on my screen. Uh, Bakaya Saka, Granit Xhaka, Meza Ozil, Reese Nelson, Lucas Torreira, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Pierre Aubameyang. Alexandra Lacazette. I think Saka was playing left back that day. Um, and I think Maitland Niles was playing right back. And then you've got a midfield, of course, of of Xhaka and Torreira, who is nowhere near, of course, Arteta's teams these days. And then a front three of Reese Nelson, still kept Pepe on the bench, was probably a bit of a sign of things to come from that point, the starting Nelson over Pepe. But it's quite interesting, Sasha, seeing how far the team has come since that point. To be fair to that team, at that time, that team wasn't as bad as it as it is now. Uh, like that mm. team in this timeline is much worse than it was back then, but it still does show how far we've come. And I can already see the the Arteta haters. Like, imagine if we drew that the game this week, and then they're gonna go back to oh, see, it's no progress. See, we drew against Burnley yeah. in the first game, and now again. But it's gonna be a tough game still. But because it is the Premier League and it is away, so it's always going to be tough. Um, maybe, I don't know, uh, we can make light work of it. That would be really impressive, but it, I, th- I still think it's going to be a tough game. They're going to be really defensive, and I'm sure they're going to have high intensity as well. So hopefully the Arsenal turn up that like we, we, we want from them this season and that they have shown from for us in the first two games. Uh, actually in the chat says small sample size I know but this season there is much more uh, movement by the players around the box the players are constantly interchanging it should in theory be easier to break down low blocks Sarvik we've come up against a Crystal Palace side that attacked we've come up against a lesser side that also did attack and we worked the spaces this could be the first time this season that we do come up against a team that play more of a low block and that will sit back and defend how confident are you that Arsenal are going to be able to break that down now with this new look team I think pretty confident because um, echoing what Chris said earlier as well, uh, the Bournemouth side from the first two games uh, didn't look too convincing. And uh, I mean, going back to the Bournemouth side, which we played a couple of years back when they were in the Premier League, I saw that side. They had Josh King, they had Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Defoe, Harry Arthur, some, some really players who could make a difference. I see that squad today and apart from uh, Kiefer Moore, who will probably will see a lot of crosses being spammed into him uh, mm. this weekend. But apart from that, I don't really see that many big names or at least players who could make a difference. Hope I'm not proven wrong. But uh, yeah, I don't, don't think uh, breaking down a low block should be a problem given our offensive prowess, at least until this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at Bournemouth's team. You know, it was it's very different to what it was back then. You raised some some really good points. Callum Wilson, Josh King. You know, they still had, they still have Jefferson Lerma as they did back then. Um, but Aaron Ramsdale was, of course, in goal that day when we played yep. them and drew one-one uh, against his first team too. So that's going to be an interesting one. Him going back there, but yeah, they got Christie and Moore and Tavernier as their front three. Smith, Mepham, Lerma. Lerma's kind of playing this sweeper kind of role um, in the number six, but also moving into a back three. Stacey Pearson and Cook in the middle. You know, it's not a brilliant side. You know, they definitely are one of the favourites to go down. And yet, they still beat Aston Villa on the opening day of the season and got a good result against Villa. But Villa have also been pretty poor uh, so far this season as well. I mean, they struggled through that game against Everton, I felt. And Everton could have come out with something if they'd have perhaps taken their chances. So, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing one. And Bournemouth are one of those promoted sides that in the first few games, everyone's trying to work out. Annoyingly, Arsenal play the promoted teams early on. You might look at them as, you know, pretty easy wins on paper. But actually, when teams come up from the championship, getting them early on doesn't necessarily help you out because they've got new players. We haven't got that much data on them and they can be tricky to work out. We're going to run into our uh, our lineups. Chris, we start with yours. Talk us through your team selection, mate. Yeah, OK. So I think the bit... <laughs> nothing's changed i think we've still we've still got a long way to to learn how to play with each other with these new players so i was watching in the first half of the leicester game because i basically sit behind the goal on the north bank and mm. i was watching zinchenko zaka martinelli and jesus just play beautifully right i know everybody goes oh what about this and i mean yeah you know, i've slagged off jacker in the past right i think he's defensively really yeah i don't want him there against the big teams but I think he is the way he interplayed, and suddenly Jinjanko would be in the middle, and Zaka would be at left back, Martinelli would move, and actually the four of them, it was like watching a ballet in terms of how they moved around. I don't, I, I want them to practice that, and I think when you're up against a team with this with this low block, I think we'll see more of that. We'll push forward. Effectively, we move to a back three of Gabriel, Saliba, and White, and I think we just keep that. I think they just shift sideways. You know, they've got one big guy in the middle and, and, you know, the reality is we should be able to cope with that. I think Saliba's temperament in terms of uh, what happened after he let that goal in. I mean, the entire North, North Bank were cheering his name. Everybody just said, look, this stuff happens, right? You know, and so I think, you know, if he doesn't feel the love for us, then I think, quite honestly, he's never going to feel it. And then the rest of the guys just picked themselves. I think Odegaard was picked on a little bit um, after the Leicester game, which I thought was really unfair. He... Mm made everything happen with little passes and he probably didn't make the highlights right but actually when you looked at how the boom ball moved around and how we, we we prodded and probed and things like that he was just in the middle of everything and i think i think as he grows into that and as he learns to to work closely more with jesus and and, and eddie when eddie comes on then i think that's really cool and look jack just needs to play you know it's the you know there's going to be a time when we're going to need to rest him, but he actually just needs to play himself back into the season. So it wasn't a really difficult choice for me. I think um, when you come onto the uh, the bench and what we're going to do mm. coming on, I think, you know, with 30 minutes to go, if we're a couple of goals up, then I think you're looking at bringing on Tom Yasu and KT. I think... Do you KT- think that's going to happen a lot this season? Do you think those two are probably going to be brought on or do you feel like either of them will work their way into the starting eleven? I think both of them will work their way into the starting eleven when we're really? playing the right team. Mm. I, I think at the moment, um, we at the moment they're not fit enough. 
right? And there's no point in bringing them back into a game when they're not, you know, if they're not ready. We're not, we're not where we were two years ago. Whereas if we didn't play Tierney, we were in trouble. You know, we're not there now. It's the same with Tomiyasu. You know, White White deputised against some very good quality Leicester players. So I don't really see that as a problem. So mm. I, I, you know, with this international break coming in September as well, you know, some of our players aren't going to be going away, right? Some of them are. So I think it's a it's a balancing act, and I think Katie and Tomiyasu will both go away with their, their national squads. They're nailed on to play. So why would we overplay them now? It doesn't make any sense for me. Mm. It's a longer game, and I think I'm hoping that um, we almost we become more flexible in picking our teams against our players against the team we're playing against to break them down. But at the moment, I think we've still got a lot to learn playing with each other. And you, yeah. you, you only get, you only learn how to play with each other by playing. You can't do that, you know, by holding hands or, you know, or putting music on in the, in the, in the, on the training ground. It doesn't work like that. It, it, it's always, always in the heat of battle. So that's why I haven't changed it. And I think, you know, I mean, look, hopefully Pepe finds somewhere that's better for him than here because that's just the wrong place for him. I'd like to see us, if we're going in trouble with the low block, I'd like to see us play around them. So that's why I put uh, Marquinhos in. I know he's probably playing for the 21s in about an hour's time. Uh, he's uh, he's not on the got? bench. Uh, I can actually give you the team because Cedric, Smith-Rowe and Fabio Vieira are all starting for the under-21s, but Marquinhos is not in the squad. So I don't know if that is a hint that he could be on the bench this weekend, actually. Well, I, I think it'd be really good because he's got he's got that ability. He No one knows what they're expecting from him. It's a bit like Nuno Tavares, right? You know, Captain mm. Chaos, right? This guy comes on. You know, if they're playing that low block and we've got to find a way through him, you need that two, you know, yard and a half to get round the back, to pop it back, to put it onto Jesus' head so he scores ahead. That may just be the little bit of chaos that gives us creativity at the end. So that's why I put him in. Fair enough. Uh, and just very lastly and briefly, Saka star player, you think this is going to be the game where he comes to life? Yeah, I think so. I think he's due it. I think, I think, he's, I think he's been a little bit... Um, he's had an opportunity to, to not have to carry everybody. Um, and you've seen everything change around him. And I think, you know, he, I just think he'll unpick them and I think he'll, he will, you know, I think he'll relish in this. Lovely stuff. Uh, obviously, Sasha, Chris has talked through the team that we've all gone for, Bar Sartvik, who we'll come on to in a second. Um, but you've picked Martinelli to be a standout player again uh, in this game. He's got two in two. Is he going to make it three in three this time? Yeah, I, I, I really do think so. Like, I think this might be his breakthrough year and I'm really enjoying watching him. I mean, like, he's like the source, you know, mm. <laughs> he's, he brings that Brazilian flair. Like, I know Jesus as well. Like, him, him and Jesus together are like, I can't believe how well they are playing together already. Like, I'm scared for other teams now because <laughs> because <laughs> of what they might bring together for Arsenal. Um and I think it's a game that suits him because they are going to uh, probably play with high intensity and we are going to have to match it. And I see Martinelli working very hard, as he always does. And he is in good goal-scoring form at the moment and I see no reason why he can't uh, continue with, with his form. So I'm backing him and not only because he's in my fantasy league but and not only <laughs> because I love him, but <laughs> because I also think he's going to do really well and I think he's... He's fit for the game we have this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you also about kind of whether you think Martinelli will therefore block Smith Rowe, and if this, and if you agree with me that 
Smith Rowe might have some struggles this year in getting regular game time. Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, I think it's similar to Tierney for me. Um, I think both Tierney and Smith Rowe is like brilliant players, um, but they have unfortunately lost their place due to injury. And that's just the honest truth. I mean, if mm. they didn't pick up the injuries or the lack of fitness uh, of them both, then they might have been in the starting level now, uh, sh- showing what they can. But you can only show what you can if you're on the pitch. So, um, um, Smith Rowe um, mm-hmm. will probably get chances, uh, along with Danny, to prove himself um, from the bench and from your in Europa League games and them stuff. And the thing is, I don't want to argue between this guy is better than this guy and Tomiyasu is better than White and White's yeah. better than Saliba. Or, you know, I don't I don't want to argue with that because for the first time we have options now, and we still need two more players. Then we then we have like a full squad of options. But I think like even KTI has got like a good shot of coming into games, making a difference for the team. And then when Jesus is unavailable, because I mean Jesus is not going to play. None of these players are going to play 60 games this season. So we need more players to play this these games. So um, I'm just happy that we have quality. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Smith Rowe, even though let's say Martinelli stays fit and he starts like every Premier League game, I can mm. still see Smith Rowe making more than 35 appearances this season in all competitions. So that's also a very good... I mean, that's I don't think he has uh, played that many games uh, in a season for Arsenal. So with the, with the Europa League, with us hopefully going far in the Europa League, as well as going well, uh, doing well in the Cups, the FA Cup and the League Cup this year, um, then we'll have a lot of games. I mean, a lot of game time in all those games. So the bigger the squad and the more quality players we have, the better. I mean, we don't want to go back to last year's situation where a player gets injured and then we have to drop all these levels just because uh, the fan base wanted one guy that was clearly better than the other. I mean, that just makes no mm-hmm. sense. Like, I'm all for the competition. I'm all for having Mortinelli and Smithrow. And I'm all for them battling each other, making each other better um, for that starting position. So, if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, no, good by me. Uh, let's move on to Sarvik's 11. Now, Sarvik... You've got some explaining to do, son. I love the fact that you've come into your first show and you've dropped an absolute bomb on the starting 11. So talk us through with Lakonga's choice over Xhaka. Um, yeah, so I usually am an advocate of the saying, don't fix what's not what's not broken. Um, but yeah, I mean, like um, the thought I had behind uh, picking Lakonga is the point at which we lost Champions League last season was according to me and I think according to many other people, was because the backup options that we had in our squad were told to step in at the last moment and they, they just couldn't handle the pressure. So I think if we don't give them uh, a chance earlier on, and um, that's the difference between us and I think the top three sides in the Premier League, is that the backup options when they're called upon to duty and when they have to put in a job, they come in and they play just as good as the others. But uh, that's not the case in our team. At least it wasn't last season. So I think um, um, Party has been really solid in midfield. So is Odegaard. And uh, with the rest of the team remaining same, I think this is the way we can get Lokonga in and build up his confidence as you know a player who can uh, step in and do a job when required. And hopefully that should come in clutch when it actually um, is required um, for Champions League qualification and stuff like that further down the line. 
So that's my thinking behind uh, Lakonga. Hey, look, I think you've made a bold choice there, but you've made up a, a rude, made up, but you've certainly worded a very good uh, explanation for it. I agree with you in terms of the rotation. Is that I agree with you that players came in too cold at the end of last season and there really wasn't the competition to rotate in. What I would say is that I think that that opportunity to rotate is coming. You know, I think it's coming in September and October when the Europa League and the Carabao Cup fixtures come. So I personally would hold off but I completely get your understanding and your meaning behind it. Martin Odegaard is your star, your star player for the game. Talk me through that pick. Um, yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned, uh, the game could become pretty dull if they choose to just sit back and uh, uh, go into a defensive six or mm. seven. So if, if that is the case, I think, uh, as was the case with Mesut Ozil when he was at his prime at Arsenal, it's just that creative spark and that extra bit of brilliance that, that can change the game. And I think uh, the player to do that for us is Martin Odegaard. I mean, we'll all, we've all seen his skills and uh, tricks around um, around the field. And I think that will be brought to the forefront in games like this. And that can be the deciding factor. So, yeah, he's the five-star performer for me. Lovely stuff. I enjoy that pick very much. Lastly, uh, for me... Gabriel Jesus is just, it was just, I, I couldn't really pick anyone else. Everyone else didn't pick him. So, so you know, I felt it was the obvious choice to just go in and pick Gabriel Jesus for myself. Uh, he's gloriously brilliant. Uh, and I just cannot wait to see what more we can see from him in an Arsenal show. I think it's these away games that he will prove telling. I know he had a great game at the Emirates the other day, which was great. But we had so many times where Lacazette or Aubameyang were just isolated in away fixtures. And I just feel as though Jesus offers something so different, so connected, so determined to be the star of the game that, that these away fixtures will be heavily influenced by him. The rest of the team picks itself, as the boys have said. Uh, a couple of changes off the bench. If Vieira is fit after playing this midweek game, you know, get him some minutes in the senior team off the bench, that'd be great. But I think that not seeing Marquinhos in that team, unless there is an injury problem... I think there's a shout from Chris earlier on, putting Marquinhos on the bench, that he could feature as well. Brooke Norton Cuffey also not been involved uh, for a while. Cedric, of course, is there. So who knows what's going on with him at the moment and whether or not he's going to get uh, opportunities in the senior team at some stage. What I would say is looking at the bench compared to what our bench was at the end of last season with about four or five youth options there, it shows you how different and how much depth we have compared to then. Uh, and it's very, very intriguing indeed to see how it goes. Uh, we'll finish off the show, as always, with predictions. So, chat box, it's now time to get your scores in there. Chris, we start with you. Scoreline and scorers, please. 3-0. Uh, uh, I think uh, Saka Martinelli and uh, Jesus. Lovely stuff. Uh, Sasha? Uh, I promise I'm not copying him, but I'm going to go for 3-0 with Saka Martinelli and Jesus on the score sheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got to stick to your guns. You can't let it be affected by anyone else. Add Sartvik. Um, I'm going for 2-0 uh, Odegaard and Jesus. I don't think they'll score because uh, Stanislas is injured. Danjuma's gone to Villarreal. I don't think uh, anyone's going to score for them. And hmm. um, yeah, two goals for us, Odegaard and Jesus. You're really undermining my prediction of 3-1 there, Sarvik. <laughs> I just think that they might nick one goal away from home. Uh, we need to keep more clean sheets this season. Uh, it's not just to be different. I did have 3-1 down on Monday night's Arsenal Lounge podcast as well, so I'm sticking with that. 
but another big victory, you know, another three goals scored. The big thing from last season was we weren't scoring enough goals in games, I think, at times. And that's definitely changing this season. Uh, we round off as well by thanking and welcoming uh, Roy to our brand new TGT members crew. Thank you for taking your seat in the stadium, of course, along with Aditya as well. Thank you so much, guys, for helping to continue support the channel. I'm sure the chat box has given you a warm welcome if they haven't done so already. Let's go and see what you guys are saying in the chat. NR says 4-0 Arsenal. Uh, Gunnar Vettel says 2-0. Uh, Jason says 3-1. I'm hoping these, of course, are towards Arsenal. Uh, Omar says 3-0 Arsenal. Jesus hat-trick. I was going to say again. He hasn't got one yet in the league. Of course, he did for, against Sevilla, but he could have easily had a hat-trick in that game against Leicester. Uh, Rancy Pumpkins going for a 2-1 Arsenal. Saka and some or someone, Gabriel, could be any of them. Uh, but uh, it's an easy choice. Uh, Yusuf says 3-0. Omar says 3-0. Eri says 4-0. Uh, Temi going for a 2-0 win. Olu going for a 5-0 with a Jesus hat-trick. I'm loving this positivity. It's great. Avi says 2-0, Jesus and Odegaard. I'd love Odegaard to get on the score sheet. I think it really would kind of temper the criticisms that I think are unfairly coming his way at the start of the season. Uh, Trey Arsenal going for a 2-0. Uh, Saka to get his first goals of the season. Uh, Steve says 2-1 Arsenal, Jesus and Saka. Igbo going for a 2-0 with Martinelli and Saka. Sam says 5-2 Arsenal, Xhaka, Martinelli and Jesus getting on the score sheet as well. Um, let's go finally into the chat box to get a couple more. Uh, Jack says 5-0. Albrecht says 5-0. Nav says 6-0. Does anyone want to go for 7-0? Like, <laughs> I'm loving the optimism. It's great. I feel like we may need to just bring ourselves down to the ground a little bit quicker before we do lose our heads. But uh, I'm hoping it doesn't happen at the hands of Bournemouth. I will round off the show just with one last question. We've got a couple of minutes left and I'll come to each of you on this. Chris, how do you think we will react when we eventually do drop points because we will drop points at some stage. How confident are you about us reacting? I think it has, I think it depends on who you drop them to. Mm. Um, I think um, it does feel like everybody's getting a little bit overexcited again. Um, I think we make some good steps forward, but I, I'm a little uncomfortable that we are getting ahead of ourselves. Um, first game of the season, we always do that. Where are you going to think you're going to at the end of the season? And, and last season, I did say fourth or fifth. And I still think there's a really good chance with everything else going on that we're, you know, that's probably where we're going to be, mm -hmm. right? um, unless something happens to somebody else. Um, so I think I think it's coming, you know, if, if it's against Fulham, right, then everybody's going to get, you know, it's obviously there's going to be a bigger reaction than, it, you know, if it's against Liverpool. Um so I so for me, I'm just hopeful that we can keep the positivity going, not overrun our own expectations. Um, we've had a really good start. I mean, you know, and we're playing some great football, but there's a long, long way to go. So um, I would temper it slightly, and I and I'm not really too concerned um, when we lose when we lose points because we're going to somewhere. We're not, you know, we're not the finished article, mm. um, and I think they, you know. The internet will have its own little meltdown and everybody will say oh, this is awful and blah 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 and if you want an example of this just look at man united you know we were exactly we, we were where they are last year right and now where we are now we are where we are just off european just off the you know champions league so i think football's very fickle yeah it absolutely is it absolutely is it's a good word to describe it sasha how do you think we'll respond when arsenal eventually do drop points um well we shouldn't get carried away like CD said. I mean, like, 
<laughs> Arsenal's winning the league, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we can dream, of course. But it's it's obviously way too early for that. Um, we are looking good though. So for obviously it's just two games. But I mean, like, it, we haven't had this feel um, around the club uh, for a while. Um, and I do think we will drop points. Um, it's going to happen, unfortunately. But I don't think it's going to be this weekend. Uh, even though I said it's going to be a tough game, I do think it's going to be a tough game. But I still think we're going to manage to get away with three goals and three points and zero conceded. Because I think um, they don't have that much danger unless we make a mistake again. Um, but our defenders look like this back that this back four that currently plays looks so insane. I don't know like how we even conceded those two goals against Leicester because it feels like we didn't or shouldn't because we they played so well and against Crystal Palace like it just showed again how tough Crystal Palace is especially away never mind at your own ground playing against them with Anderson pinging the balls testing our defenders really well uh, and we did well and even Ramsdale he's like he saves a lot I know um, he can be rash sometimes and I think um, a lot of people was like overhating him for because he may have a mistake in him but for me it's just like he allows us to play he allows the whole team to play the way that we want to execute the game plan and mm. if that's one or two mistakes every now and then then I'm completely fine with that because it brings so much more and then he also makes incredible saves I mean look at Crystal Palace like he made two very good saves that that helped with the clean sheet but mm. I think our defense is really good and I think um, Saliba coming in and Sinchenko also but Saliba coming back um, like I didn't expect this uh, from him like mm. to be honest like I didn't watch League One I watched him a few times in the Conference League and uh, for France in the international break and I thought he was okay and I thought he was going to come in and I thought it's going to be good but I didn't think he's going to be he's going to have this instant impact and of course it can mm. fall off it could just be like a purple patch but if it isn't I mean like how insane is that like adding him to what we already built from last year I mean yeah. adding Ben White and then Gabriel together with Tierney and Tomiyasu last year was so good for us and now we just improved on that and that's one of the big frustrations I have when people refer to us last year as our best chance of finishing in top four as if what people are you talking players, about Gary Neville by any chance <laughs> especially Gary Neville <laughs> they, they talk about Arsenal as if last year was the the last dance for all of our players in their prime I mean, like, no, we are, we are, we are literally getting better every year, and that's mm. the most beautiful thing about it. Like, there's no next year we're gonna be, we're gonna have to rebuild again, or we're gonna have to uh, think about because we're losing this guy because he's now aging and those type of things. Like, we're literally next year, we're we're thinking of being better next year than we are this year currently, and mm -hmm. it's really exciting for me. Like, um, I can't yeah. believe that some people cannot back this or cannot get behind this process like to me it's shocking. like how how <laughs> how don't you want to be not part of this like is it not exciting for you building a young team seeing them develop seeing them grow i mean imagine we do get top four this year and then next year we talk about possibly challenging for the title and then we went through this build from scratch to where we are then and then I just think like it's perfect and I th I'm so happy to be an Arsenal fan right now and I'm so happy that certain fans don't get to make the decisions at the club and I'm really impressed that they did stick with their guns and they are now picking this uh, the flowers from the seeds that they planted so 
just got I've got a bag here and I'm just catching all this shade that uh Sasha's throwing. Uh I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> uh I don't know if you want to be as uh, as full frontal as what Sasha was there, but what do you make of, of kind of all this discussion around the expectations of Arsenal and the potential of obviously when we have to react to a, a potential loss or draw? Uh, what do you make of kind of the are we overhyping Arsenal? Are we, I mean, in the chat box, uh, I saw a comment that basically said uh, Hardly was like, uh, Tom, I think we are underestimating how good this Arsenal team is, so why not predict things like 4-0? What do you think? Um, I'll try to keep it concise. So, yeah, um, um, I think... <laughs> Throwing shade that... at Sasha. He's like, oh, I'm going to try and keep it concise because Sasha's waffling on. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm staring the pot. I love it. Um, yeah, so um, I think inevitably we will drop points and... Um, if, it's, if there's one thing I've judged uh, Arteta on since the time he's come in is he's tried to build a good attitude and a good character in the team. And um, even with the limited all nothing that I think that's something he really focuses on is uh, building an attitude in the players uh, where we really want to um, come back and give everything that we've got no matter the situation. And I think that will... Um, come into practice and the players will be able to bounce back much better than they did uh, last season because uh, they were inexperienced and it was a new side and stuff like that. So I think inevit- inevitably when we do drop points, I think um, we should be better equipped to deal with that situation and hopefully that uh, does uh, play out in real time. Absolutely. Um, thank you, everybody, that's tuned in for today. And thank you to my brilliant panel of guests. If you could give them some love in the chat, I would really appreciate that. Chris, thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Oh, just you'll find me in the Discord server and on the North Bank. If, you, if, you, if you're rocking up to the North Bank, I usually have a beer before in the bar outside uh, 103. So come up and say hi. I'd love to meet you. Um, mm. Other than that, I just talk rubbish on Discord. <laughs> I love it mate I love it no it's worth meeting up with Chris for a drink I've done it I can definitely recommend it it's worth it uh, Sasha thank you so much for your time I know that you've delved into the world of Twitter now as well so you can tell people where they can find you mate yeah I'm on Twitter as isvw sports um, as it is on the screen um, I'm close to a thousand followers now so wow you, you set that up pretty nice quick. you know <laughs> And then I see I see people in the in the chat speaking Afrikaans, uh, a language, a South African language, native South African language, and it's crazy to be like, there's a lot of South Africans in the chat. And I was welcome, oh, join the Discord, brothers. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Sartvik, Finally, thank you for coming on the show. Brilliant debut. I think you smashed it. You weren't afraid to put your opinions out there, especially in regards to your lineups. You did really well, and I look forward to welcoming you back again. Tell people where they can find you, mate. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, uh, mostly in the Discord server, same as Chris. Um, good banter there. I definitely recommend it uh, to any Arsenal mm-hmm. fan. Definitely a good, good uh, place to be and great uh, community you've built. Thanks, mate. Brilliant stuff. Um, Aditya in the chat says, how do I join the Discord? Very, very simple question that I can answer for you. If you are a TGT expert member or TGT ambassador, uh, of which you can join by joining the or clicking the link in the description, uh, for those asking about fantasy, is also in the link in the description as always. Um, and so, yeah, you just become a member and then go to the community tab on the YouTube homepage for the channel. Uh, you've got like home videos, playlists, and then the next one I think is community. And usually there, there is a, a, a link 
which you can click to take you into the Discord. If there isn't working, just leave a comment on that page saying the link's expired. I'll put a new one in there. But I think the one that's there should still be working at the moment. So make sure you go over and check it out. But Aditya, I hope that answers your question. Last thing uh, to say is if you want to watch Fabio Vieira's unofficial debut for Arsenal in the under-Arsenal under-21s tonight, you can actually go and do that because Arsenal are streaming the game on the Arsenal.com website. I know it's available in the UK. I don't know if it's available elsewhere. You'll have to go and check that. I can't speak for other countries, but if you are based in the UK, it definitely will be available on the Arsenal website to watch. So there's your evening's entertainment sorted. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thank you again to my brilliant panel of guests. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8am as always as we look ahead to the game against Bournemouth with even more detail and, of course, coverage of any late Arsenal transfers that are expected to happen. See you again very, very soon. And as always, of the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.